Hello, my wonderful friend. Welcome to Fate FM Drive Time Big Q&A. This is the program where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion and the Bible and where we look at the world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I am Nick Rita, your host today, and I'm very happy to be with you. Thank you for tuning in. It's always our pleasure to welcome you to the program and uh, please stay with us for the whole hour because we have uh, a program prepared today, quite an interesting one. And uh, I would love even to hear from you if you have a thought or a question in regard to the topic we are going to talk today. And you can do that by sending a text message to 04888-80811. You can be live with us. Send a text message to this number, 04888-80811, and we'll be very happy to um, to look at what you have to say. Now, I would like to mention from the beginning today, and I'm talking today a, a bit of a sensitive topic, and I, gi- I want to give some warnings, you know, uh, in case of, you know, moms and dads, maybe you're driving and you have some uh, children in the car, I'm going to talk about some, some serious uh, issues and uh, just give you some warning there uh, just in case. The topic for, for the whole week, we are looking under this theme, the Bible and the media in the post-biblical uh, culture. And we already addressed a couple of questions like, uh, do biblical Christians have a a media problem? Do the scriptures speak to a media-obsessed age? But today we are going to ask, what about mild violence and soft porn? I think this is a very sensitive uh, topic, particularly for people who go into church also, uh, because uh, we will look at uh, some statistics and uh, we'll talk about this um, phenomenon as uh, we know that this affects people in all areas. But I would like to welcome to our uh, program today our uh, co-host, and uh, this is um, David Butcher. Good to have you with us, David. Good to be here, Nick, and uh, good afternoon, listeners. We uh, hope wherever you're listening from that uh, you are blessed, you are warm, and um, you're enjoying life. Now, David uh, comes quite uh, regularly with us, uh, particularly on Wednesday, and this is not my regular time because I do generally Fridays, but I'm filling in also for our good friend uh, Gary, who's taking a bit of time uh, out. And it's good to be with you, David. I really enjoy when uh, we are able to do programs together. Yeah, look, absolutely, Nick. I fully enjoy being with you, and um, we've done that many times, haven't we, on Faith mm. FM before. So thank you for stepping in for Pastor Gary, who, as you've said, is enjoying some much deserved uh, leave. Yes. Now, as I uh, mentioned from the beginning, uh, David, this is a, a sensitive topic, but um, you are um, quite able to actually take us through some of these um, challenges, I will say. I mean, I should probably even mention, David, you, you're looking after the Seventh-day Adventist Church here in South Australia. You know, you're the president of the Seventh-day Adventist Church, and you may come across from time to time to uh, things. Uh, I'm not sure, you know, I don't want to dig into that too much, but uh, at least uh, with people or even maybe parents with concerns in regard to this topic which we are going to address today. Yeah, look, absolutely, Nick. And certainly we live in a different world than we did two decades ago, even a decade ago. And the reach of media into people's homes, the mobility of media and the internet 
you know, we have it in our pockets, in our phones, and it's it's 24 hours accessible. And the number of hours that people must be spending on screen time, I haven't done the research on this, but mm. clearly it wouldn't be diminishing. And what they have at their fingertips to search up, the temptation is always there. Yes. Just uh, surfing the, um, the internet a little bit, and uh, I came across this uh, 15 mind-blowing statistics about uh, pornography and the church. You see, this is what caught my attention when, um, you know, you associate this with the church. But I would like to say that people who are going to church, they are not immune to this uh, aspect of um, what the internet can present you and there are a couple of uh, numbers here which I may like to mention over 40 million Americans are regularly visitors to sites like like porn sites sites but what caught my attention uh, David is that um, 40% of families in United States this uh, article uh, talks about reported that pornography is a problem in their home 40, 40%. 47%. 47%. You know, it's mm-hmm. a problem in their home. That's a big, uh, big number. Also, I, um, um, I look at this and it says that 11 is the average age that a child is first exposed to porn. 11. It's amazing, isn't it? And you think of the age, um, you know, for young men, I think the age of the brain developing is in their early 20s. So, mm. so this is alarming. And as a parent, it's very alarming, isn't it? And it says here, David, that 94% of the children will see porn by the age of 14. Very sad. It is. And as I said, Nick, I mean, clearly the 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 widespread use of the internet, it's available on on watches, on anything now, and means that it's it's so readily accessible and at, fing- at people's fingertips. Absolutely right. And um, I could go on and on, you know, on this uh, kind of statistics, you know. 59% of pastors said that they met somebody in the last 12 months who were addicted or, or exposed to to porn. And, and this is really sh- shocking, isn't it? But in mm. one sense, it shouldn't surprise us because what is prevalent in society, sadly, is also prevalent in the church. The, the, the thing that I find challenging is how often do, do Christians hear sermons preached about these sorts of things? And that's a very good point, Debbie, because um, now I grew up in a different uh, world, you know, with um, people trying to uh, try not to talk about these sensitive things, you know. But in these days when our young ones, they are um, so much exposed, I believe uh, it's very important to address some of these things and talk about it in a, in the right way. This is, again, very uh, sobering, David. It says here that um, 68% of church-going men and over 50% of pastors view porn on a regular basis. And you think about that, um, and we'll be talking about this as we get into the study. Basically, all of this, dimin- it, well, it, it severs the connection that we have with through the Holy Spirit with God, doesn't it? Basically, and when you think about it, why would Satan not target Christians? Why would Satan not target spiritual leaders, mm. uh, you know, the shepherds? Um, if you want to have the flock go astray, then maybe have the shepherd go astray. 
That's right. And we've seen that in society many times, haven't we? You know, tally evangelists, just, just as an example, famous um, international tally evangelists, um, you know, um, falling into sin, uh, whether it's through fraud or whether it's through uh, illicit relationships. When the shepherd goes astray, it can cause a real dent in the flock, mm. um, an impact on the flock. And so Satan will target people at all levels, but particularly those that will result in the biggest impact. Mm, mm. And our topic for today is also on uh, mild violence, you know, and soft porn, as we we mentioned a bit earlier. But I thought just those statistics uh, just stood out to me and it's staggering, you know, to to look at them. But uh, just before we are um, going to the topic a bit more deeply, uh, David, I just want to uh, bring to attention a couple of uh, things just going around in the world. And, um, you know, in Italy, the elections there, and um, the first uh, woman became a, a prime minister there. Now, interesting that coming from a very extremist, I will say. Extremist opinion. Extremist yeah, opinion. Left, left wing, right left, wing. Left, people yeah. on either end of the spectrum. That's right. And um, lots of things have been... Uh, already said about this, but um, I would like to read just this one. Uh, the new Italian uh, uh, Prime Minister was to protect God, family, country, and media. Interesting, because we are talking for the whole week about uh, the influence of media in our life and all these things. Now, that's a very big commitment, you know, to, straight, to say right from the beginning, you know. And I don't know if this is just... Um, every politician, what they say when they are getting into the office, but do you have an, uh, just an idea or an, an op- opinion on that? Because it caught my attention, it says, to protect God, family, and media, I will say freedom. Yeah, and, and so to protect God, to protect family, and to protect media freedom. In and of themselves, they, they seem quite good, don't they, Nick? Mm. But uh, one of the challenges is, I think, when government is there to protect God, that's mm, that's dangerous, mm, isn't it? Mm, mm. Be, because there should be a separation of church and state. That's a very good point. And is that um, um, some of the programs you know, we mentioned, uh, you know, how risky or how uh, dangerous is to uh, to have those links in between church and state, you know, and particularly talking about Italy here, you know, and we know we have one, one of the biggest uh, Christian church in the world run, uh, you know, from Italy, from Vatican. Yeah, so, so I guess the concerns for me are when any government imposes laws or makes laws to either, um, you know, to potentially restrict or protect, uh, well, restrict, I guess, but mm. sometimes even in protecting, they're also restrictive so um, it can be dangerous. Yes. Uh, Georgia Meloni is the um, new prime minister, and uh, uh, we'll see what uh, happens and what comes um, in, uh, in the near future, uh, David, with all the um, political and uh, religious um, things going on in the world. Look, we'll take a short break uh, here. Just um, put a plug here, and I will Talk to my uh, listener about a wonderful book which I would like you to have in your hands. This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. And my dear friend, listening to Faith FM Drive Time BQ&A, this is the time when uh, you could jot down this uh, information which I'll give you because we want to share with you a book called Screen Deep. 
Now, this is also uh, going alongside with what we are talking for the whole week, and it's a very good book. I will uh, really encourage you to um, uh, send us a text message to zero four triple eight eight zero eight double one with the code SA74. And we'll be very happy to organize this uh, book to come to your place. And this book uh, uh, explores um, everything from uh, American Idol to Lost My Space to People magazines and uh, not so obvious, uh, you know, messages going through in uh, all magazines and media. The book talks about celebrities, uh, obsessions, greed, and uh, all those things. Please don't hesitate to send a text message to zero four triple eight eight zero eight double one with the code SA seventy four. Now, David, let's uh, look at this uh, question a little bit more in um, in detail, and uh, we are um, now asking uh, what's going on with mild violence and even soft porn in society, but in churches also. Yeah, thank you, Nick. Um, just a couple of other statistics, and thank you for the ones you shared. Uh, this one's in regard to the prevalence of pornography, and, and this, um, this website was last updated in September early September of this year, 2022. Mm. But it basically says, and it's a website called The Recovery Village, uh, it basically says that um, uh, pornography is very prevalent in our society and we don't need uh, any report to tell us that, do we? Um, and it suggests that um, it suggests that people who are addicted to pornography spend at least 11 to 12 hours a week viewing pornography. Um, most people who have, a por- uh, who have a pornography addiction say that it hurts their personal relationship, and that shouldn't surprise us. Mm. Uh, and it also says there are many conditions that co-occur with pornography addiction, including anxiety, depression, sex addiction, social anxiety, and substance use and abuse and other disorders. And um, it also says, though, that there is, there is, um, there is help. But it actually says in this report that around 35%, listen to this, 35% of all internet downloads are pornographic. Wow. So you think of everything that gets downloaded on the net, it is suggesting that 35% of everything downloaded on the internet is pornographic. And this is what we were saying before, that... The internet has changed things. Mm. Uh, access to media, access to pornography, you name it. It's, in other words, the home uh, and every other place is now no longer a secure, a secure place. Mm-hmm. It's no longer a sanctuary unless, um, uh, unless barriers are put up to protect. And so just to share with you a few other statistics. In the adult population, this is in America, up to 65% of young adult men and 18% of young women report watching pornography at least once a week, though this can be much higher. Yes. Um, uh, And then in the US, 40 million US adults regularly visit internet pornography sites. 10% of US adults admit to having an addiction to internet pornography. Mm, mm. Uh, 17% of all women struggle with pornography addiction. 20% of men and 13% of women admit to accessing pornography while at work. This is so pervasive. It's it's phenomenal. And and so this is just pornography. Mm. And uh, we talked about um, early in the week about um, these gadgets which we use and technology and media, you know, how 
good they are and can be used in a v- tremendous uh, way, good way, you know. I, I talked to Joseph about this, that, uh, you know, some people uh, even said that we should not carry a uh, mobile with us at the church or carry a device, you know, electronic device, because with all these uh, risks, you know. But if we are intentionally, you know, and intelligently choosing what we do with these devices, I, I believe that's the call for us all, you know, because um, you cannot stop the things going on in the in the world. No, and so these these technology can be used for the spread of the gospel, mm. and it has always been used. I mean, you think about the printing press mm. with uh, Gutenberg. Well, it was new. It yes. was new technology, and so new technology enabled uh, Bibles to be printed en masse as opposed to be being copied by hand and mm. only the rich and the wealthy and the elite having access to them. So technology in itself is generally not bad. It's how it gets hijacked or used by people. But that, I, I, yeah, Sorry to interrupt there, David, but the risk, I believe, I can see that even in those days, you know, which was... Amazing, you know, to have the Bible in your hands, you know, because of the printing. Yes. Uh, but uh, I believe I, I mean, people wouldn't bring with them a novel at the church or, or some other uh, magazines, you know, which were maybe spooky. They didn't <laughs> exist. Yeah. But even if they exist, I will say it will be very rare, you know, to bring it to the magazine, uh, to the church. But the risk is now with the devices, you know, electronic devices that you have there everything. You can have the Bible and you can have... Uh, you know, anything else there. And I know um, probably my dear friend listening today, you may have some story to share. You may have uh, been exposed to these sort of things. But remember a mother just crying out that uh, her boy, like which was about nine or ten, um, was exposed in the church to another boy, another friend, which was watching, you know, things like that. And the horror and the, the, the trauma which uh, they experienced, even the child, in the home because he was raised up maybe in a in a very good uh, way uh, but being exposed there just because somebody carry with them a device which can be be very easily uh, utilized and it's not where you expect to to encounter it is it and this is the thing uh, with the devices that we have not only that you have good things like the bible and you know on my phone i've got a couple of thousand books mm-hmm. uh, religious books mm-hmm. but on our phones we can also access and there's all sorts of things you know there's people have games and and it may not be anything wrong with a game per se but there are certainly uh, wrong things with various and many sorts of games yes along with access to the internet etc absolutely right and uh, comes in my mind a bit of a saying that um, if we are tempted or if you are tempted my dear friend um, it says that uh, you cannot stop the birds flying above your head but you can stop them making a nest on your head and that's something which we we need to be very good isn't it very good because that's that's exactly right all right David share with us a bit more in uh, in this regard yeah look so so just uh, let's let's change tack a little bit uh, from pornography and we'll we'll go into scripture and and deeper into this but just to share some of the things in regard to um, media and and the impact of media particularly um violent media Mm. and and the christian i guess um it's interesting there's been many studies done and i'm quoting from a study uh, that was uh, a paper that's been put out called violent media content and effects and it's um, from Robert Bushing, Department of Psychology, the University of Potsdam, uh, and 
Johnny J. Allen, Department of Psychology, the Iowa State University, and Craig A. Anderson, Iowa State University, Department of Psychology. And it was dated March 16. Now, uh, clearly this is, um, you know, this is six years old, but it's interesting. I don't believe the impact would be any different. In fact, it may even be worse. And essentially they go through and they look at various uh, study and methodological methodological approaches uh, to studies in violence and its impact on, on people. And some of their research goes way back to, to 2000. But uh, some of the interesting things that I pulled out of this particular paper, Nick, um, just a couple, it, and this was from 2010, a study from 2010 that they've drawn from. It says, across many different forms, genres and cultural contexts, violence is very common in media. One content analysis has shown that on average 42.5 aggressive acts per hour are depicted in the most commonly watched TV shows. So this was a, um, a research that was done in 2010, and it was suggesting that 42.5 aggressive acts per hour are depicted on the most commonly watched TV shows. Mm. And then you go to to movies and you go to all sorts of things. But just some of the, the things that I think many of our listeners would be very aware of uh, with media and the concerns of media and the impact that it has on individuals, there is the desensitization. Right. And uh, being desensitized to aggression. And uh, the same thing, I guess... Uh, is true with pornography. People mm-hmm. become desensitized and, and have to, are driven to watch something that's even more graphic. So when it comes to media and desensitization, yeah, it's interesting. Normally people show a strong negative effective reaction towards violence. Um, and what actually happens, they become numb to mm. what they see mm. and they also become less empathetic. Uh, many studies have been done that show that you know people that are that are playing violent video games or or, or watching violent movies, etc., and this becomes a regular habit. That essentially they yeah they're desensitized mm. to someone that is actually suffering, even unconsciously. You know you you are exposed to that. Actually, in the Bible says that. Tell me with whom you are uh, uh, associating, and I will tell you who you are. You know, uh, because that's the the thing even with media. Some people, I heard this uh, saying that, look, I'm watching these movies, even violent movies, but I'm not into it. You know, th- that doesn't affect me because I just watch, you know, like that for um, whatever, you know, to kill the time. Actually, uh, if you do regularly, you create some neuropaths there. You do. And then you'll find yourself that you react differently. And, and, you- and this is exactly what the research has shown. Um, media violence, this, this report uh, from 2016 in their summary says, to summarize, media violence exposure leads to higher levels of aggression. This finding is supported by a large number of studies utilizing a wide variety of methodological approaches. The connection between media violence and aggressive behavior is explained in very many different ways, but it says that all of these processes combined lead to a higher level of aggressive behavior, you know, by being Mm. exposed to media, uh, violent media. And then it says that um, uh, additionally, the effects of violent media are not limited to aggressive behavior. There is also substantial evidence linking violent media exposure to problems with attention. This is young people. Mm problems with attention, to impulsivity, 
and to the executive functioning of the brain. And this is uh, the executive function the report describes as uh, any their, their real-world attention skills, such as paying attention during a lecture. Um, so that's what they call executive functions. Mm. So it says here that um, impulsivity and executive functioning, as well as reductions in empathy and pro-social behavior. In other words, exposure to violent media can lead to um, non-social behavior, can lead to greater aggression, uh, less empathy, uh, greater impulsivity, and problems with attention. Right. And, and so you think about um, the homes of people across the community. Uh, they're filled with some of these devices and these things, and in and of themselves they may not be bad. There can be a place for some of this. Mm-hmm. But it comes down to the Christian worldview and the view of the parent uh, and, and their stance on um, protecting the mind of the individual. And, and particularly young people that, that may, well, it's older people as well, but young people may not have the understanding that a parent may have. And, and Nick, uh, I guess yeah. one of the things that I'd just like to draw us to, uh, Romans chapter 12, it's just a beautiful chapter. And in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, the Apostle Paul says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. So we are challenged. Whatever we watch will have an impact on Mm. us. And we're challenged that God wants us to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Satan realizes that the battle is in the mind. Yes. The control for human beings is in the mind. Now, it's interesting when you read Revelation, God puts um, you know, his name on people's foreheads, That's his character. Yes. And Satan wants to put a mark on people's right hand or on their forehead. It's the character. The forehead represents the character. That's where we think. But Romans 12 tells us to be transformed by the renewing of our minds that we might prove what is good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. Mm. Satan realizes that, so he will do anything to um, reduce our empathy, to reduce right behavior, to reduce... um, uh, what we think is acceptable behavior and, and conditioning. So the battle is in the mind, whether it's with media or pornography or any other form mm. of social media. Mm. And we'll look into the Bible maybe a little bit more, but also I would like to mention um, here that we are responsible. I mean, uh, talking about church, uh, David, and um, uh, involved in society all, on all levels, you know, we are responsible to stand uh, firm and tall for some of these things, not to fall under the influence or the, you know, the pressure of allowing those um, people who may not be prepared yet or they they are not equipped yet to fight this. Uh, You just mentioned about Paul. He was talking to new Christians, you know, young, as he called it, uh, I want to feed you even with the milk because you may not understand things, but he's intentionally uh, teaching them. And that's where probably we missed out a little bit um, thinking that we should not stick our nose here and there, you know. But as a Christian organization, as a church, I believe it's morally 
to to address these things and to approach people and that's what we do even uh, to our listeners uh, today uh, my dear friend listening uh, if this topic affects you in a way or the other um, please let us know and um, and have um, have a talk to to us and again i would like to uh, ask you to send a text message to 04888881 with the code um, for the book which we have prepared for you SA74 or you can send a text message just to be part of this uh, program with us but talking about the book um this is called screen deep whatever you are on the high end uh, of the spectrum for media consumption or completely unplugged and electronically baffled you'll appreciate this um, windy uh, smart look at contemporary media and culture with a christian perspective screen deep takes a closer look at the impiled message that popular culture uh, propels into our world every day please don't hesitate to uh, send us a text message for this book with the code SA74 and we'll be very happy to uh, organize this i'm going to take a short break here and play a song and we'll be back um, very soon don't go anywhere please stay here with faith fm drive time big Q&A.
Welcome back. You are listening to Fate FM Drive Time Big Q&A with Nick Rita and our co-host today is David uh, Butcher. We are um, addressing today this question, uh, what about uh, mild violence and soft porn? David, just before the break, we look into some uh, statistics and we talk about the uh, influences of all these things in the church and in society in general. Um, and uh, you even mentioned, you know, how uh, a Apostle Paul is uh, addressing the the believers, the new Christians, you know, how to uh, be careful about what they're uh, doing and how they expose themselves to certain things. Um, what else would you like to um, take us through in the in the next few minutes which we have left? Yeah, look, thank you, Nick. Um, just talking a little bit about sexual addiction and I guess pornography <clears throat> in particular, pardon me. You know, there is a saying that a leopard can't change its spots. It's an old cliche, and that is true of leopards. They can't change their spots. But is it true of people? Can people change their spots? And um, I guess, uh, you know, when people fall into addictions or problems, their spouse might say, you will never change. Mm. Um, or, or um, you know, one partner might say to the other partner, look, you're a bad seed, you're a bad person. Is it possible for people to change? And I guess biblically, we would have to say without God, it's impossible. But the Bible also says that with God, all things are possible. Mm. You know, Matthew nineteen twenty six: with God, all things are possible. So even if someone is listening and they feel that their mind and their heart are utterly defiled, we need to remember that God is not only a redeemer, he is also a deliverer. Very good. And so there is hope. Mm. And, and so often Christians, you know, that that are struggling and caught in in these sorts of things, um, uh, they think there is no hope. They feel so much guilt. And guilt is a good thing. God has allowed for guilt to occur to, I guess, waken us up and to try and convict us mm. that what we're doing is wrong. So guilt in and of itself is not a bad thing. It's a tool. It's something that God can use and does use to bring us back to him, to wake us up to our senses. But uh, the Bible says, you know, it says, You, O Lord, have delivered my soul from death, my eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling, that I might walk before the Lord in the land of the living. So... This text in Psalm 116 is telling us that God is the one that delivers us from death, he, our eyes from tears, our feet from stumbling, so that we can walk in the land of the living. Mm. In other words, whatever you're caught up in, there is hope, but God has to be a core part of that. And and so sexual addiction covers such a wide range of things. Um, you know, it, it's, it's immoral. That's the basis of it all. Uh, it's degrading. It leads to detrimental patterns in our thinking and also in our behavior. And um, Colossians chapter 3 verse 5 says, To put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. So this is not only talking about sexual sin, such as sexual immorality or impurity or lust um, or evil desires, but it's also talking about greed, now, you think about it, Nick. Jesus talked about, uh, on the Sermon on the Mount, he talked about if you look at a woman um, lustfully, mm -hmm. he said you've already committed, what did he say? Adultery. Adultery. Mm. So, 
This is why we have to uh, be transformed by, by the renewing of our minds. We need to guard what we watch. We need to guard what we do and what we experience. And so Jesus is saying, you know, you may not have physically committed an act of adultery. You may not have, uh, whether you're a man or woman, you may have not physically committed the act. But if you if you have that sexual lustful view at someone of the opposite sex or even the mm, same sex, mm. which by the Bible is unbiblical anyway, yes. if you have a lustful look and desire at an individual, then Jesus is saying, even though you haven't physically committed the act, you've really committed in your heart, it's still sin. Yes, because here, you know, many people say, uh, what's your proof? They will, they will try to say, you know, if you if people are accused of something, what's your proof? But Jesus went uh, a step further here, helping people, I will say, hey, don't even nurture in your mind a thought which can get you to, to the thing which will be much worse. I believe the very important uh, aspect here, what Jesus was, uh, and even naming it, that if you nurture that thought in your mind, you already committed. And this is part of it. We have to guard our minds. Why? Mm. Because Satan is so cunning with what he brings forward. You think about this, um, uh, what's out there in society. There's advertisements um, for clothing and there is adult bookstores. There are cards. There are computers. There are movies. There is music. There is nude beaches and nudist camps. There is pornographic literature. There is, uh, you know, phone in things. There is uh, the internet. There is the television. And so, you know, the psalmist says, I will set before my eyes no vile thing. Mm. I will set before my eyes no vile thing. Psalm 101 verse 3. So we need to protect. We need to guard uh, what comes before us. In, in Proverbs uh, chapter 4 verses 23 to 27, it says, Above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. Put away perversity. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Make level paths for your feet and take only ways that are firm. Do not swerve to the right or the left. Keep your foot from evil. Mm. So, in other words, we need to be diligent um, in what we view, in what we allow to enter our minds. And in a sense, what we allow to enter our homes is critically important because the home should be the stronghold where and a place of refuge and safety. Right. And so media, you don't need someone to break through your front door to do damage to your family. Mm -hmm. They can do it through the internet with what comes into our homes, our bedrooms, our lounge rooms, and through our devices. And so just like we have to guard what goes into our eyes uh, with what we watch out in society, what about our families and what happens with inside our Mm -hmm. homes? Mm -hmm. You know, Nick, um, there is uh, often... um, uh, I guess, a cycle of uh, sexual addiction. Um, you know, there is, uh, people feel, uh, you know, it's a cycle. They, f- they feel like um, uh, shame. Mm-hmm. They feel isolated. Um, they feel alienated. Um, uh, and they believe that they can't get help um, the way they are. They're beyond help. And each time they surrender to the sexual temptation, um, sin gets that stronger grip of them and it just pulls them down. And so <clears throat> they believe that the only solution to getting their love needs met is through sexual stimulation. 
and their minds and bodies are held captive to sexual passion. And and this can lead to uh, worthless feelings about an individual. Um, they can't control their sexual urges. They feel like a failure. They feel like they're not a good person. So worthless feelings. Then that can lead to withdrawal. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't trust people. If they knew what I've done, then they would be disgusted with me. And if they knew the real me, they would reject me. Mm. Then they uh, led to wrong assumptions. First of all, that sex is my greatest need in life. Mm. Then sex is a solution to my need for love. And then sex is the solace for all my pain. And so this is just a, a really pervasive cycle. And you, you then have a sequence. You have sexual fixation uh, with you know uh, uh, things. Then you have sexual compulsion. Then you have sexual gratification. And then what follows that sexual gratification when this is an illicit act, it's mm. not a biblical, it's, it's immoral act, you then have self-condemnation. Right. And it's almost like any sin, Nick. I think the pattern is the same. When Eve took of that fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil in Genesis chapter 3, when she saw the fruit, mm. she noticed that it was, it was good to look at. Mm-hmm. And um, this is seduction, a seduction in a different form. It's not sexual seduction, but it's the seduction that Satan used right there on our first human parents. Using uh, our senses, you know. and Using our senses. Mm. And it says here in Genesis chapter 3, verse 6, So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, so it was visual, that it was pleasant to the eyes, and isn't this what you know? What people are drawn to mm-hmm. with with pornography, and that it was a tree desirable to make one wise. It was something on that tree that was going to make her life different. It was going to make it more exciting. It was going to take her to a different level. Yes. And this is what traps people with sexual addiction, and in this case, what we're talking about, pornography. But it ends. With self-condemnation. Absolutely. Satan puts the hook in. The fruit looked good, mm. desirable. It looked as though it was going to make, make her wise. She took it. Everything was rosy. Everything was good. Everything was perfect in her thinking. But then when she ate it and her husband, Adam, ate it, they noticed something immediately, didn't they? Right. Yes. They realized that they were naked. Mm-hmm. They had a greater awareness of their frailty. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were fearful. Yes. And uh, there was an element in that fear, I believe, of condemnation, self-condemnation. They were fearful. They realized straight away after what they did, actually. Exactly. And, and it's interesting, David, uh, as you talked about these things, because many people get to these sort of things and they even became addictive uh, just because of... Um, going to a refuge, you know, they go into some things in life and say, you know what, I need to numb this or that a little bit. But, you know, you can find refuge in much better things than in this, uh, you know, and and even the Bible speak uh, to find refuge in God. Uh, This is exactly it. So people... um once the hook is in, once they're enticed, once they're caught, Satan then pulls the carpet, mm-hmm. uh, metaphorically, out from under their feet, and he says, now you're caught, you've gone too far, you're worthless, yes. uh, there's no road back, you won't be forgiven, imagine if people know what you're doing, yeah. uh, you'll be scorned upon, your, your reputation will be damaged. Yeah. And so, often with these sexual sins, it drives people underground. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, if we were to rate sin from a human perspective, people would have various levels of what sin is acceptable, knowing, of course, that no sin is acceptable in God's mm. sight, correct? Mm. But people would say, well, this sin is not as bad as this sin. And um, it's it's the dark sins, the sins that are underneath, that mm. are covered up, that uh, create so much shame. And so the solution to all of this uh, is is to seek the Lord and his help. Uh, Galatians 6.8 says, The one who sows to please his sinful nature, which is really sexual addiction mm-hmm. and, and any other addiction, the one who sows to please his sinful nature, from that nature will reap destruction. It yes. only leads to death. It did yeah. for Adam and Eve, didn't it? The one who sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Galatians 6.8. Mm. Beautiful. Uh, David, uh, um, I just want to take a couple of messages, you know. Um, one message comes from our listener saying that uh, from this kind uh, of things, you know, troubles, uh, only the prayer and fasting can deliver from social media or addictions. And I believe it's very true, you know, because instead of running to to some other, um, you know, um, as I just mentioned before, uh, um how how to say that uh, to what was the word i can't think of the word i said that people uh, when they go through some some things they go through to send something just a refuge yes. instead of going to a refuge into these things why not to pray for it be be conscious of the real thing which you're going through and pray for it and as the listener is suggesting, even fasting, you know, if you are dealing with these things. And I'm talking even to those Christians which we talked about in the statistics, which they have huge problems with that. You know, we have in our hands, you know, uh, this uh, uh, option, opportunity. And thank you for uh, sending that uh, message. Uh, interesting that that's from Western Australia. Uh, Mount Barker, we have Mount Barker here in South Australia. But we do, Nick. And, and so I think, look, prayer and fasting is important. And... um the self-condemnation that people, that Christians or people are caught in with this is significant. It just keeps pulling them down. And so I think it's really important. Um, Proverbs 18.24 says, There is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. And so the last thing someone uh, dealing with sexual addiction needs is rejection. Mm. Um, it, it's usually the first thing that occurs when the person is found out, but they really need help. They need emotional support, and this is where prayer and fasting can come in from from their friends or their family to try and support them. So, so Nick, um, Satan uses these hooks. You know, in in Romans chapter six, uh, Paul talks about that we're either a slave to Satan or a slave to God, and usually Satan will tell us. He says, if you know. In, in our thinking, he says, if you want to be a Christian, mm. that you're a, you're a, um, you know, there's no fun. It's a killjoy being a Christian. But Jesus says you're either a slave to sin or a slave to Christ. Now, a slave to Christ is a good thing. It's mm-hmm. freedom mm-hmm. in Christ. But all of these addictions, whether it's social media, whether it's media, whether it's video games, whether it's pornography or other addictions, all of these addictions are like having an anchor around our neck pulling us down. And the only escape, the only release is through Jesus Christ himself. Yes. Now, uh, David, before we run out of time, I'd like to mention about our um, uh, offer for today. And I just noticed on uh, some of the messages that um, some people are um, uh, texting um, even uh, 73. I will mention that for today, Screen Deep, the book 
you need to send us the text message with the SA74, nothing else. Don't write any other words, just SA74, and you have this book. David, we have uh, maybe five minutes left into this uh, program. Um, how would you like to yeah, bring it together and maybe um, yeah, just just encourage our uh, listener if um, if we go into some uh, some of these issues which we raised in this program yeah look i think some of the things nick and there's a whole range clearly but i think some of the things is to um, is to memorize scripture you know, 1 Corinthians 6.18 says, Flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a man commits are outside his body, but he who sins sexually sins against his own. Uh, 1 Thessalonians 4 is a good passage to read, a good chapter to read. It, it talks about in those verses why we should um, avoid immorality. Um, we need to remember that God is a moral God. Um, and so there is um, a doorway out of addiction. Firstly, we need to... The one we need to decide that we really want to be set mm, free. We mm. need to make that decision that we want to be set free. First um, Peter one thirteen says, "Prepare your minds for action. Be self controlled." Uh, we need to be ready to take re- uh, responsibility for our addiction. We need to be willing to go to war in order to win. We need to dispel the myth that we don't need help. In other words, we need to admit that we're out of control with sexual addiction. We need to admit um, that we have an addiction and we need to realize that we can't change ourselves. In Psalm 51 verse 10, the psalmist says, Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. So part of it is that, and the key thing is we, we can't help ourselves. We're slaves to sin Mm. and that's why david says he says create in me a pure heart renew a right spirit a new way of thinking within me um it's good also to not keep something secret we need to deal with it we need to be able to talk with a friend someone that can be a support person for us and um we need to be discerning we need to discern what we allow ourselves to associate with mm. what we allow ourselves to do we need to be determined we need to ask god to forgive us for willful sin we need to ask him to come into our life as our personal savior we need to ask him to meet our deepest inner needs and we need to remember if philippians 4:19 my god will meet all your needs and then we need to dedicate our lives to the Lord Jesus. We need to let his will be our will. We need to let the Lord be the Lord of our own lives, and we need to let Christ have absolute control. And so these are some of the things, I think, Nick, that we really need to do mm. in order to escape uh, addictions of any nature. Oh, that's uh, wonderful, um, David. And, uh, you know, we could have uh, said much more on this uh, aspect. You know, it's a lot of, uh, a lot of, um, yeah, stuff which we can share. Um, but yeah, my dear friend, uh, listening today, if you have a thought or a question, you can still send us a text message to zero four triple eight eight zero eight double one. And thank you for those of you who requested the book today. Now I just want to uh, to mention that we have a limited uh, number of books for this week. Um, just yeah, uh, hurry on uh, on this one and get the the book screen deep with the code SA seventy four. All right, David, just uh, yeah, pull it together now in the next two minutes. Okay, so we need to know how to know what to watch. 
And that mm. sounds a bit silly, but we mm. need to know how to know what to watch. And I believe Philippians 4, 8 is a powerful scripture. Mm. It says, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are pure, whatever things are just, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these Mm. things. In other words, we need to filter and make a decided determination as to what we will and won't allow to come into through our senses and into our minds. And we need to filter that through the Word of God. Psalm 101 verse 3 says, I will set nothing wicked before my eyes. I hate the work of those who fall away. It shall not cling to me. And so we need to rely on Christ. We need to rely on his blood. We need to remember that every sin we do has an impact on him. But he is there for us and he is willing for us to come to him all the time to seek the help that we need. Uh, So, Nikki, I want to encourage um, people listening that Some of them may be struggling with these things. We need to remember what we said right from the outset, that um, with man things are impossible, but with God all things are possible. And again, Psalm 116, 8 and 9, You, O Lord, have delivered my soul from death, my eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling, that I may walk before the Lord in the land of the living. Wonderful. Uh, David, would you like just to pray for us uh, today? Dear Father, um, we realize we're living on enemy territory. Uh, Satan is still running about causing havoc. He wants everyone to be lost. He wants no one to live in peace and happiness. And so these things, Lord, excessive gaming, violent gaming, uh, pornography, other sexual sin and other addictions, Lord, they're all designed by Satan to enslave us to take our eyes off you. They're, they're designed to take away our joy and our freedom. Satan only comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But Jesus said in John 10.10 10, that I have come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. Lord, if there are people listening today that are struggling, may they surrender themselves to you. May they take some uh, some decided steps to seek help. May they dig deep in your word. May they avoid the temptation and may they be filled with your spirit in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, David. And uh, thank you for listening today to uh, Nick Rita and David uh, Butcher on uh, Drive Time BQ&A. Please join uh, us again because we are going to ask the next question. How do I guide my children through the media jungle? Until then, may God richly bless you and have a safe walk in the footsteps of Jesus. This program has been made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. Fading memories ignored. I crawled across the forest floor. Pool reflects an orphan child. Dirty, lost, alone, and wild Fatherless and nameless still Fallen heart and broken will there ever be a place where I belong? I cower neath the monster trees And try to stand on tired feet Gravity knocks me to the ground Where I give up and tears roll down I claw the dust and beg the air Curse the 
Follow to the place where you 